0: On today's episode of the Excel Podcast, we dive deeper into the world of blockchain games and their use in the NFT world. As always, my name is Scott. And I am Eric. And I'm Ryan. You're listening to the Excel Podcast, defining a decentralized
1: future, one listen at a time.
0: Thanks for tuning into part two of our series on blockchain gaming. We wanted to do something a little different this time with regards to putting the podcast together. And what we came up with was to survey the community, or rather solicit questions on topics of P2E, plain-to-earg gaming, and their use and integration with NFTs.
1: So Matt, I wanted to welcome you back onto the Excel podcast. How are we doing? Good, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Always our pleasure. But right out the gate, I feel like we've you know, got to set the record straight. As one of the leads of the Excel gaming division, what kind of games do you like to play?
2: Honestly, I like hard games. Uh, I've always been a big fan of platformers. My favorite game when I was young was Sonic. Still, it is to this day. I also love RPGs. I've played most of the Final Fantasy series and a lot of the current, very modern RPGs. I'm currently playing Elden Ring. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. And I'm honestly up for anything that, you know, seems some sort of a challenge or a good build up on an rpg element
3: so matt uh i wanted to go back to the basics from our earlier episode uh in relation to what p2e or play to earn games are on uh maybe you could give us some examples of the p2e games uh what blockchains they exist on and maybe some games that currently aren't in the space that you think could come to the blockchain.
2: I think of a play-to-earn model, even though not formally, has existed for the longest time. And just calling out to our previous example in the previous episode, uh, RuneScape was a game that people actually started trading items for real money very, very long ago. And then that model was also formally implemented in Diablo 3 and casually seen in World of Warcraft where it was a bit more informal. So... The, the P2E aspect of trading time for, uh, you know, some reward, most usually money, has existed for the longest time. You can call on online casinos, online, you know, card and poker platforms, etc. At least those would be most of the games that would be outside of the space. And if we were to go inside the space, you have a lot of games that have existed for a while. You have uh, mostly yield farming games, kind of like um, Axie, Infinity, Crypto Cars, Bomb Crypto. A lot of these uh, have very good options as well. And I
3: think it's gotten pretty popular these days. So that, those are great examples. So my question to you be more more type-specific. In your opinion, what are the best blockchains or the best platforms that relate to the P2E game, which uh, make it the easiest to navigate?
2: Uh, I would say anything that's currently built upon the most mainstream platforms. Like you have Ripple, you have Ethereum, you have a uh, Bitcoin, which not a lot of games are tied to. Most of them are, are tied to Ethereum and Repo. So I would look into something with that. You also have BNB and other big options. And it
3: generally is going to be tied to whatever the devs think is the most stable platform to build upon. And all right, so now that you touched upon it with the devs. So in in a dev's opinion, let's say, or, or in your own opinion, if you were acting as a dev, which would be the most prof? I would say just not to give
2: out names because I would get burned for that, but whichever has the most potential for growth. Because as the game grows, as the community grows, as the base grows, so does everything else tied to it. You know, the tokens, the rewards, and everything gets better. So whatever is going to have the biggest room to grow is going to be the thing that's going to give the most returns.
0: So I guess a kind of follow-up question to that is I I completely understand that. I think we see this craze with there being talk about Solana and Matic being big for gaming, but the the big thing is, is for it to be scalable. Can you kind of give us a little bit of an explanation how these PDE games are kind of profitable for the developers? Even going back to, you know, the online poker and stuff like that, how do you actually make money off of it? And how is it that, you know, you're not throwing money at making these games that just don't have any returns on them? yeah it usually comes down to how you model
2: the economy of the game itself for example uh, the real money trading market in Diablo 3 actually had a transaction commission for every buy and every sale so that is also true with a lot of the current crypto games there is a transaction fee that is being used in every single you know transaction buy or sell kind of like being repetitive here but that's usually how devs can stay hold a pool of uh, big amount of those resources to make sure that they don't run out, to make sure that they can scale over time, to make sure that tokens don't get overcapped. And uh, to its own, every it's similar to how every company operates. When you're first starting out in a company, you're always gonna have some sort of shareholding because you're invested in the project, and they can't really like you know pay you a full salary, so they pay you in equity. That gets you involved and that makes you be sure that if the company does well and it scales, then so is going to be your share.
0: That makes sense. So it's all about kind of making sure at the early stages, you're bringing in the right people and then making sure you have the right backing. Um, I guess that kind of ties into what my next question would kind of be. And it's a commonly asked question that we see a lot over in the Excel community is, How does PDE Games work in attracting people that aren't currently interested in the crypto space? Are you seeing kind of trends that are starting that are really kind of pushing for that GameFi experience by outside investors that maybe might be involved in investing but not in crypto or even individuals that might not invest at all?
2: I would like to break that into, you know, different viewpoints for different kind of profiles. First, as an investor, why would this be like an important thing To you. Because as an investor, like crypto projects actually have a very good uh, standpoint in the fact that they can actually have a bigger growth than most of traditional investments. So it's a very attractive uh, market to get into. Uh, Also, as the game scales, as the community scales, you can also bring a lot of other things to the table. We uh, touched a bit on the last episode about things like fractal ownership. So you don't even have to bring money all the time you don't have to bring funding on the type maybe you own you know you're you're a musician and you want to like stake a part of your music ownerships or rights so you can get people that get that nft can get royalties and there are so many other valuable things that you can actually just convert into this um game or market and then from the player's side Obviously, most of the people, you have people that have been in crypto for a while and you have people that have gamed for a while. For those who have gamed for a while, like me, it's really cool because now I can actually sit for hours in front of a screen, play, be good at a game and actually get something out of it rather than my mom telling me to go to bed. So that's from one side. And then you have the other side, which is, you know, the people that are in crypto who Usually, are more into the investment side. They actually have a fun way of interacting with their tokens, a fun way of like you know watching those um, stakes and rewards and investments grow in a way that you're more of an active participant into everything, and like it's a bit fun rather than just sitting there and watching candles on a chart. Not that that's a bad thing, but you know there's more to life than that.
1: So Matt, I wanted to backtrack for a moment and specifically discuss the earn and play to earn games. Could you discuss how and what exactly players earn in these games and how entities come into play?
2: Absolutely. Well, the earn part of any interaction that involves, you know, real money is done through tokens. 99% of the time is done through tokens. When you go to the horse track and bet, like you get, this little slips of paper that you can later and cash in if you win. When you go to the casino, you get chips that you can cash in if you win. And sort of every single game has that mechanic built in where you win tokens inside the game and then you convert your tokens to get outside of the game. And this draws a very strong parallel with how everything in the physical world currently works. So the model is not really that different. And where do NFTs come into play with here? You know, a lot of these can usually be done or used as collection based items of or rarity based items and you can hold these nfts that would be implemented into the game. and as the nft or like the usage of the character or the item or anything that it is gets popular, more popular and more popular, and it increases in value because the community perceives it to be rare or to be more valuable than others. So that's a really good way for people to get involved is like if you have the sense that you know an nft is going to become popular you can get it minted early and then when people use it when it becomes popular and what increases value and someone wants to rent it off of you or someone wants to like permanently buy it off of you it'll most likely have increased in value from when you br- when you brought it in
3: so matt touching on uh, nfts and regarding nfts because we know how huge they are now in the crypto space um how they function within the P to E earning model. Could you talk a little bit about that and Excel's recent acquisition of the soldiers of the metaverse NFT collection and how the Sodom NFTs will be tied into Excel's um, what I'm starting to hear their mortal combat style P to E game um, that is currently in their development, which I know you have a tremendous impact on.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's been such a, such a fun time to work on the model for the Sodom. Uh, acquisition and i think you have the basics which not all of the nfts are currently implemented in the game we have a a decent lineup of characters but not all of them as of yet so the nfts in itself will increase in value as the game increases in popularity because you know who doesn't want to own a very very rare batman comic if you're into comics Uh, it's sort of the same community perception that makes you know Yu-Gi-Oh cards rare magic cards rare or like comic books or very rare or old collectibles etc those things are very important because they tie back to someone's ability to you know own the nft believe in the project but not necessarily play the game you know there's people that don't like fighting style games there's people that uh you know maybe they they, they don't like how complicated certain inputs might be or they might not be their favorite time to get type of game so that allows and gives people the flexibility you know to have something sticked into the game not necessarily have to play it because you don't like the the mechanics of the game itself and then you can you know still participate somewhat
3: into how everything's going to go up into the game so matt if it's possible to could you just elaborate a little bit on the beta access in relation to the nfts
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, something that has come up recently. Uh, the game is currently in beta access. We're working with a limited pool of people that are currently testing the game and, and helping out with ironing the bugs and making sure that we find that anything that might be exploitable, et cetera. Because when you're going to stake um, you know, tokens into a game, you want to make sure that everything's as stable and fair as possible the beta access i think has been going on not for too long it's still it's still going to be uh, out there for a bit so if someone wants to get involved i think it would be a good idea to look up the project and obviously as uh, the game goes on and it moves to like a pre-release sort of uh endpoint all the other questions are going to be answered over time right now. I can tell you it's uh, I've actually played it and it's really, really fun. And the mechanics, at least the fighting game mechanics are really, really solid. Um, not great with inputs, but that didn't stop me from actually just, you know, getting a combo or two. And
1: Matt, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But like, what if, what if I'm not interested in playing this game, you know? So is there an incentive to, to purchase and hold, you know, one of the soldiers, uh nfts if i'm not interested in playing this game
2: yeah there would be because for the same reason that you know i own a big ass batman (laughs) hand painting because you know it's it's more related to how people perceive the value of the community around the game itself rather than like you just playing the game there's a whole bunch of people that have you know, a million posters are a lot of things, and I'm not good at drawing, but that's not going to stop me from, like, you know, going out and investing on in something that I believe is very well drawn and, and stuff like that. Because it allows me to, as I said before, it allows me to participate in something and being a part in something without actually having to play it. If I own a soldier and, you know, the game becomes popular, that's also going to benefit me because my my soldiers, you know, will both the mint price if it were to be re- reissued or new soldiers were to be issued and the acquisition price for my own nft as well is going to go up so even if i don't play there's still ways for me you know to benefit off of the project
0: so i guess matt my next question would kind of be for you you know we brought in a developer recently that was added to the team that kind of specializes in staking pool build outs and one of the things he does is nft building out for staking pools and it's kind of a new concept that's really starting to catch on and you no, know, with passive income being a huge part of Excel, can you kind of elaborate a little bit on how these NFT staking pools work and what you kind of see them doing in the future? Yeah, I think I am not an expert in the, in the topic, but
2: honestly, it's, it's one of the trends that I've seen come up a lot recently. And uh, the idea of NFT staking, if I'm not mistaken, would be uh, among the lines of something similar to rent. Kind of like you can put your NFT out there and people can use it. And obviously for every win that the character has, you get a you get a bit of a share. And that is also true for other games where you actually are the owner of something, but you still get royalties if someone else rents it out to for usage. And a common topic that you know comes comes to mind for that is again just the RMT market in Diablo 3, where not only you could purchase weapons, you could actually just borrow them for a day. But you have a lot of these very good options to own something and not having to sell it for you for someone else to you know be able to use it. And at the same time, given that you didn't have to sell it, you also like were able to accrue one might say rent of like or profits off of it. Kind of like with in the horse track, how you know the jockey isn't really the one that owns the horse. So the guy that owns the horse still gets profits if the horse wins, and the jockey gets profits if if the horse wins. So it's sort of like this mixed ownership model that allows people, as we said before, people that might not have zero interest in playing the game, you know, they can stake an NFT that is actually currently tied into the game for people that do want to play the game, but might not have an NFT ready at the moment for them to be able to play the stake to win. And then, you know, they both profit a lot from that interaction.
0: Okay, Matt. So I guess I got a little bit of a follow up question for you, because I think a big thing that we kind of see with what we were just talking about, you know, people want to be able to profit off of NFTs. And, you know, I think something we really want to see is, you know, the ability to bring our own art or ideas to life. Is this something that you kind of see happen? In some of the games, NFTs is the ability for people to bring their own ideas or art to fruition. You know that's
2: that's kind of a hard question, and I want to divide it in two parts. I would say both yes and no, and the reason for that is that it can be done, but it doesn't mean every project is going to implement it. Why? Because uh, you know you can build the game around the NFTs, or you can be you can build the NFTs around the game, which is kind of like the example with Axie and like the current games that you have out there. Because the games or like the NFTs are specifically designed to work in a pattern and in a way that the game itself implements rather than the game having to adapt to any new NFTs because there are not a lot of interoperability projects. And interoperability, what it means is basically a way for the same item to work in different ways in different games. There's, I think, the loot project, and it's really, really cool because every single game can infer the stats of the items themselves. Like, they just give you the NFTs and you can basically implement it In any way that you'd like, but that that also requires a lot of manpower. It also requires you to be able to implement something that bridges that interaction with a random NFT, and that is not only rendering or models or physics or whatever it is. It's something that is really hard to plan when basically the NFT world is endless. So yes, I believe there might be a project in the future. Like I I can see projects like coming up that's that sort of implement that but i also see it's going to be very hard to do so i think we might still be as a a community as a whole like the the nft community still might be a bit far off from getting that done it's definitely a huge dream to have and it's definitely something that i would look forward to but at at the current time with the current capabilities i think we're still a bit far away from that
3: So, Matt, it seems like uh, a lot of these P2E games require some sort of initial investment at first to play. Uh, But do you know of any games that don't have any buy-in but still use the P2E model?
2: Yeah, I can think of a few, honestly. There are, if I'm not mistaken, at least one or two games that have that implemented. But to be more specific, I want to talk about an upcoming game that's called Flip. Uh, You're going to see it soon in the announcements, if not already. And uh, this sort of ties back to the previous question, which is something that I like a lot. And Flip is one of the first games that sort of implemented this kind of freestyle mode into the NFTs because it's just a card game. But it's
3: really, really fun. And I suggest you check it out. So, Matt, you've intrigued me a little bit here about Flip, but you kind of gave us some info, but you really didn't let us know what it's about. Could you just give us a little more so our listeners can really get a greater grasp of what Flip's about? So
2: basically, yeah, this game is sort of a has a similar model uh, to Cards Against Humanity, but implements a lot of more of the freestyle way where you can come up with your own phrases. There's going to be, you know, cards that you could mint as NFTs and they're also going to follow that model that we've mentioned about before. The general idea of the game, if you haven't played Cards Against Humanity, is to just come up with the funniest possible phrase to an image. Like, an image is going to be thrown out, and then you just throw your cards. Whoever gets the funniest answer is going to win, and then the cards are going to have different rewards. And basically, like, if you get voted by the judge, you're also going to get some rewards, and that's a really, really fun way of, you know, getting involved Playing uh, a game, if you're currently like not involved in the crypto space, but you like to have fun in all these fun games, that is a really, really good gate into whatever it is, because you can be funny. And if you're funny, you have currently <laughs> found a way, you know, you, to make that funny profit for you without having to go to stand up comedy on Saturdays. So, Matt, how do you feel about the
1: Soldiers of the Metaverse project or even the Flip project uh, are 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 you guys as Excel or does Excel have any special plans to keep it fresh and relevant for new players coming
2: in? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think uh, it would be important or interesting for people to know about that because you might think that, you know, people that come in and made first comes first served and they're all the only ones that are going to get good rewards with time. And that's not true. The idea is that we want to bring in as many people as possible. We want to bring in people not only right now, we want to bring in more and more people as the project evolves and grows and implement new mechanics, implement you know uh, ladder, implement tournaments, implement different sorts of things that will make the game evolve over time. Like the, the soldiers of the metaverse that you're seeing right now that you're going to see at launch will not be the soldiers of the metaverse that you see two to three years from now. We want to make sure that this project goes on for a long while, and that requires... Uh, A very delicate balance of a lot of things, but also a lot of work from our part to, you know, keep it fresh and making sure there's always, like, different things so the community is always, like, excited about the next thing that's going to come. And that's the same for Flip. I think while being a simpler game, there's still a lot of different things that can be done for that. So that's something that we're also looking into.
0: So, Matt, is there anything else you can tell our listeners about how we kind of plan to tie the Excel gaming ecosystem together as a whole?
2: Yeah, I actually have a very good nugget for everyone out there listening, and that is that we are working every game in such a way that it is either directly or indirectly tied to one another, so... If you're a part of one you're always going to have preferred access to the next one you can get probably early access to some of the newer games you can get preferred staking when converting to one game to another there's a million surprises coming off and i would strongly suggest that if you are not an existing holder you know you can come in now there's a lot of cool things coming in uh, especially with nft minting so that's going to allow you to be part of a very select group of people that get to test a lot of these things
3: early. Once again, want to thank all our listeners for tuning in again today to the Excel podcast. Please feel free to join us on Telegram or check the show notes for our link tree.
1: And Matt, thank you for your time and for being a part of the Excel podcast, especially this you know, two-part mega episode. As Eric said previously, check out the show notes for all of our links uh, and our link tree, and even a full transcript of this episode if you want to go back and read some of the things that were said. As always, sit back and excel. (laughs)